morning, church. How y'all doing out there? Are you doing good this morning? How many of you are doing a little better than when you came in? Come on, I am. How many of y'all just really enjoyed that time of worship this morning? Amen. That was real fire, so thank you. And um, wow, here we are in a series in the book of Acts, um, the book of Acts of the Holy Spirit. And uh, Jesus, here's the big idea right here. Jesus' church, that means our church right here, it began with the ministering, power, powerful worship, worshiping power of the, of the Holy Spirit. That's what it began with. It began in, in the ministering power, in the worshiping power, but it began in the power of the Holy Spirit. And what began with the power of the Holy Spirit must be completed with the Holy Spirit. We still believe in the Holy Spirit. Not just the universal church began in the book of Acts chapter two, but our church began here, Bridge City Church, for 40 years. We've been, we're a spirit-filled, spirit-led group of people that united our lives around the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And we believe that. We still believe that. We believe it has power. And, and we believe that God still changes lives. And how many realize that, listen, I don't know about you, I don't know why you came to Jesus, but as a result of me, me, my life being surrendered completely to Jesus, I did not get involved with Jesus' church to do religion or, or, or do church. I got involved for an adventure. I got involved to, like, like let's do something with this. I didn't get involved to just show up in a building and suck oxygen. No. See, I'm so glad that when, when I met Jesus, I met the Holy Spirit in a very real way. And when I came to this church, some of the things I learned right away, and I'm so thankful for my heritage, I'm so thankful for this, that like I learned that like missions and, 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 and affecting our world is normal Christianity. Like I remember like here in this building and in this church sending people out of here to go into Russia to smuggle Bibles into Russia. That's cool, isn't it? Yeah, see, I remember going into Central America. That's where God spoke to me about uh, becoming a pastor was in Central America. It was on a missions trip. It was on a missions trip with a big group of people that I, I uh, approached my wife. I was staying in Central America. She was coming back, and I said, could you pray about a relationship? I love missions. See, it was here when I was um, on staff 30 years ago, my first week on staff, one of the first things I learned was how to not get served papers from the court. Because we were being sued as a church under a RICO lawsuit because they, they, they were accusing us of, of conspiring to shut down Planned Parenthood. I'm so glad that I learned normal Christianity was getting arrested six times. I'm so glad that I learned Christianity and I learned being a follower of Jesus was to take bold risk and that people won't like you for standing up for Jesus and you won't fit in. See, I'm trying to share with you, this is what I learned about Jesus and because I learned these things, life with Jesus has been so much fun. It's never been about me or a better life or for me to feel better. 
And if you read the book of Acts, it's an adventure and it's a joy. But too often we're, we're trading in the adventure for just trying to keep things safe and trying to get my mind clean. And I'm just telling you again, I want to make this really clear. God has not called us to manage our problems, but to get free from our problems. I want to, I, listen, I'm still getting set free. I'm still, there's still parts of me that are getting set free. How about you? After all these years, I, I listen, as long as I'm here on earth, I'm going to keep getting set free until I get to heaven, and that's going to be freedom. So here today, we're going to go to Acts chapter 17, and, um, and we're going to look at three different responses uh, to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because this is the Apostle Paul, and he's going on a, his second missions trip. And last week, you talked about Acts chapter 16 in Philippi, and there was this trip that he was taking. And we're going to look at three different responses to the gospel here. In, in, in Thessalonica, it's resistance. Everybody say the word resistance. And then in Berea, it, they were re receptive. Say receptive. And then in Athens, it was, they were ridiculing. Say ridiculing. <laughs> yeah, this is what we have to look forward to. No, and so I want to just break these down for you. So Paul is traveling with Silas, and there were other people traveling with him, and he's going to different places. In, in different places, there's different spiritual principalities. And there's different spirits over different places. And that's just one of the many things that we, that we want to, to show you here. And so in Acts 17, in verses 1 and 2, and, and Paul shows up. He has to leave Philippi. And he shows up in Thessalonica. And, and, and so he shows up here. It's about a three days walk from Philippi. So he shows up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue. And he starts talking with them. And he uses the scriptures here, and, and he, he, he went three weeks in a row to the Sabbath, he, on the Sabbath, and he's talking, and he began to reason from the scriptures. So here we find, as believers in Jesus Christ, as followers, how many followers of Jesus do we have here today? Anybody a follower of Jesus? Okay. So the first thing that the Apostle Paul did was he reasoned, which means he dialogued according to the scripture. He didn't use political ideology. He didn't use opinions. He didn't use philosophy. He said this book, the, the Bible, he began to use the scriptures and he began to reason with them. This is why we all need a small group. We need to get into a connection group because you're receiving the teaching here, but in a small group, you can dialogue. You can reason. I want to let you know, the world has taught us that the Bible is unreasonable and it's unrealistic. I want to let you know that the Bible is one of the most reasonable books ever written. We, we've bought into it, doesn't, it, it, it doesn't apply. There's this whole thinking now. There's even big groups of Christianity, Christians right now, saying that the Bible is just a, a book written by man. It has no relevance. And, 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 they're, and they're saying that you can be a Christian and not have the Bible. I don't understand that because the Bible reveals who God is because the risk is, is we're going to make God into our image or we will be made into God's image. We have to choose. I want to be made into his image here. 
And so he explained the prophecies, verse three, that the Messiah must suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I'm telling you about is the Messiah. See, there's one message that we have. There's one message that we have. One message that we have. It's Jesus, his pure and sinless life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension into heaven. See, what happens is, is we, we, after you go through several Easter cycles, that story gets old. But may it never get old. May that story of who Jesus Christ is, because Jesus didn't just rescue me from hell, he redeemed my life. And because he redeems us, that means he has a purpose for us. See, many people have bought into pray the simple prayer, get some peace, get a better life, and that Jesus will rescue you from hell. Thank God, I've been rescued from hell, but I've been rescued from me here on earth. Come on. See, too many people stop at being rescued and never get redeemed. I have been redeemed because the power of the resurrection of Jesus has redeemed my life. That's the power there here. And, 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 and so, it, so, they, they, so they go on here in verses five and six, but some of the Jews were jealous and they gathered some troublemakers and they formed a mob and they started a riot. And then verse six down here, this is where we got this verse here, is that in, in, in these, these people have caused trouble all over the world and now they've come here. That's what people should say about us. <laughs> Some of you want to believe it. Come on, I'm telling you, we can. These people who have turned their world upside down, basically they're saying now that these Christians are here, nothing's the same. Not control, not hypocrisy, but we have the truth of Jesus Christ that brings life and freedom and brings wholeness to families and restores people's lives and restores marriages and restores families. Come on, we should be excited about that message. And we should be unashamed about it as well. Because that's what he's saying here. This is what Holy Spirit-filled lives do. They're just turning their world upside down. So this mob comes, and they're starting a riot. And they're saying, there's these guys this, these guys that. And then in verse um, 7, they are guilty of treason against Caesar, for they profess allegiance to another king named Jesus. Now immediately here, as the gospel is expanding, they're saying here, listen, these Christians have another allegiance other than Caesar. We have another allegiance. We have a king and his name is Jesus. That's who our number one allegiance is to here. And the people of the city as well as the city council were thrown into turmoil. And this word turmoil is the opposite of being calm and at peace. It means stirred or troubled in a physical and mental sense. It's agitated. And they were in turmoil because of this gospel of Jesus Christ. Have you paid attention to our world lately? When somebody tries to stand up for Jesus Christ, the purity of the gospel of Jesus, it throws people into turmoil. 
Go to any university, stand up in any class, and begin to communicate on a doctrinal, theological point from the Bible, and you will experience turmoil. This gospel that we preach and we believe is contrary to everything in our society and culture. But our allegiance is to, is to Jesus. It's not to a government. It's not to a person here. And being a follower of Jesus agitates people. Welcome to my world. When I tell people, and it's, I always try to avoid it as long as possible. But eventually, somebody eventually will say, what do you do for a living? Soon as I say, oh, I, I pastor a, a local church here in Pittsburgh. Oh. And then immediately they run through their mind to see what they said that might offend me. And they say, oh, pastor, I didn't mean to offend you. I say, oh, you didn't offend me. I can tell you who you might have offended. <laughs> you might have offended God. <laughs> Just a thought. <laughs> but you didn't offend me. No, no, but see, this allegiance that we have is to God. It's to his word. And so, and so in our culture, the gospel of Jesus Christ, in Thessalonica, there was a resistance similar to the resistance that, that the apostle Paul had. And I'm going to come back to Thessalonica in a little bit. But listen, our allegiance is to the king of kings. Our allegiance is to Jesus. We don't have an allegiance to a political party. I don't care if, it's your, if you're blue or red. I don't really care. We do not have an allegiance to a political party at our church. Because people ask me, I'll say, well, what's your church? We don't have a donkey or an elephant. We have a lamb, and his name is Jesus. So that's our allegiance. Our allegiance is to this book that contains the truth, the absolute truth of who Jesus Christ is. It has the power to change. It has the power to set captives free. The downtrodden are lifted. The brokenhearted are healed. That's our message. And we will continue to hold that message. That's the message of Jesus here. Okay, now we're going to fast forward. We're going to go to another place. We're going to go to Berea. So basically, Paul, if you look in verse 10 here, that very night, the council comes looking for him. They're, they're upset. They go to Jason's house. Where's Paul? They're out to get him. Paul has, listen, the apostle Paul has to keep running city to city. Yeah, the one who wrote most of the New Testament. He runs city to city. It's, it's like he's on a run again. And when they arrived in Berea, they, they went to the Jewish synagogue, as was his custom. And the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica. And they listened eagerly to Paul's message. And they, and they, and they, the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. As a result, many Jews believed, as did many of the prominent Greek women and men. So it's really cool. What we see is the gospel, and this is totally blowing their minds. It's for the Jew and Greek. It's for men and women. It's for people close to God, far from God. It's for everybody. Amen. And so they listened. So the people in Berea, they were receptive and they were listening to the word, but they weren't doing it blindly. They weren't just blindly just accepting anything. No, day by day, they opened up their Bibles and they said, let's find out if this is true. Day by day, we need to find out, is this book true? Is what, is what the Apostle Paul is saying true? 
That's why we're urging, pleading, begging, imploring everybody to have a day-by-day devotion with God. It, 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 we, gotta ha- we gotta just be in the book. So as we do that, as we spend time in the book, day by day, we listen And we're listening, that means to receive in a welcoming, receptive way. And we search, which means we complete the process. We distinguish vigorously. We examine closely with careful study. There's a process that's being begun right now. The word of God is coming into your heart right now. And there's a process. As you look at this, as you take notes, as you spend time this week searching this book, there will be a process that will be completed in you. The problem is, is many people think listening, the process is complete. Never once have I ever listened and completed anything. Are you with me? Everything I have ever done to accomplish, I listen to put it into practice, then the process gets complete. So there's a process that the word of God begins to do, and we have to allow it to begin to change us from the inside out with dramatic transformation. That's what the Holy Spirit does. See, the Bereans, did they put it to the test. Will we be a people in this church that daily, daily put the Bible to the test. I love it. People come to me um, all too often and say, I, Pastor, I, I heard you preach, or maybe I, I know them from outside church, say, I just don't believe the Bible. I don't believe anything about it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it's true. This is what I tell everybody. Why don't you try to disprove it? Because everybody who tries to disprove it ends up being radically faith-driven people. It is hilarious. Do you know most of the, most of the people, not all, most of the people that are well-known and in, in do apologetics, they defend the Bible, they got that way trying to disprove it. it and it's hilarious because it'll prove itself. People are just trying to find people like you and me, real people in everyday life that are living it and believe it and and can demonstrate it in such a way that makes it appealing. Our lives being salt and light should make people thirsty for the the true water of the word. But unfortunately, many of our lives aren't doing that because we fall into all this other stuff rather than keeping the main thing the main thing. Are you with me? So the the Apostle Paul, he's going here, and they're receptive. They believed. They had a daily devotion here. But in verse 13, when some Jews in Thessalonica learned that Paul was preaching the word of God in Berea, they went there and stirred up. What did they stir up? That's right. They stirred up trouble. Do you know that some people have the spiritual gift of stirring up trouble? Have you ever noticed that? Don't look around. (laughs) So the people in Thessalonica, they heard, Paul's in Berea, let's go. We see, do you realize, we see this when there's so many of the things we see on TV with riots and all the craziness going on. Do you know where most of those people come from? Out of town. We're seeing this right now in our day and age. Okay, that's what we're seeing. 
So they tried to stir up trouble. And, and, and they, 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 were, they were agitating here, back and forth. They were putting in motion here. There were riots and, and they were, there, was, there was fear. And why? Listen, and listen, some people, they say to me all the time, well, I'm just going to be the devil's advocate. Can I give you a word from heaven? The devil does not need an advocate. So whenever you hear yourself saying, I want to be the devil's advocate, stop. Think who you're speaking on behalf of. Just a thought. Now, the Bereans challenged things. Am I right? They tested everything, right? So am I saying to blindly do, receive? No. Challenge it with the word of God. Challenge it with the truth. Make sure that we do that. But as we do that, there's going to be people that stir up trouble. And here is Berea. And out of the way, looks like an insignificant place, politically, economically, historically, but they, they are known 2,000 plus years later as a place that received the word of God and searched the scriptures. It kind of reminds me of being in North Braddock, Pennsylvania. Here we are in about a 90-year-old school building in an insignificant place that once did have historical background in our country and all. But it feels like nothing's happening, but may it be said of us, may, may, the, may the, what's said about you and I in, in years to come, they search the scriptures daily. They received the word eagerly. Did you come here this morning to, re to receive eagerly? Did you come hungry? Did you ever notice when you're hungry, everything tastes better? Am I right? When you're hungry, everything's good. I mean, I mean, you just, you get a smell of bacon, you just start frothing at the mouth. Come on. Right? The problem is that so, so many times in our life, we're not hungry. We're not hungry for the word of God. And like, I want some more of that. I want more. I want more. I want more of the power and presence of Jesus Christ. So here we have, so far, they're traveling. They're traveling place to place. Thessalonica, there was resistance. Berea, they were very receptive. They were traveling, traveling, traveling. So the apostle Paul leaves there, and now he shows up in a place called Athens. And so while Paul was waiting in Athens... Verse 16, he was deeply troubled by all the idols he saw everywhere. So the Apostle Paul shows up in Athens and there's all these physical idols built in there every so often. I, I don't have near the time to explain to you why there were so many idols, but there were a whole bunch of idols everywhere. Like real statues that they worshipped. Okay, and so there's these real things. And so the Apostle Paul's looking here and he was deeply troubled. He was deeply like concerned. Let me just say to you, an idol is anything that is higher than God and is anything that comes in between you and God. Do you know an idol can be your hurt and your unforgiveness? I watch people worship their hurts all the time and their disappointments. 
So if the Apostle Paul were, was in Pittsburgh for the last week, what kind of idols would he see? Well, Pastor, I don't see any idols anywhere. Oh, you haven't been looking. No, if the Apostle Paul was in Pittsburgh, what would he see? Because if we really did approach our country, our city, our communities, in our culture, like from a spiritual point of view, I believe we would start seeing the idols that exist. We have them here in Pittsburgh. One big one is, is the whole educational system. We worship education. We, 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 we worship intellectualism. Left over from the past, we worship the blue-collar, I-can-do-it mentality. So you mix up the worshiping, like we can do it, we can make it on our own. And then you mix that with intellectualism in education. You have some real bona fide idols that people worship. I mean, when you get off the plane at the airport, one of the very first things you see is a shrine to Franco Harris. And, and a ball that he caught, like, 40 years ago. Does that tell you there's idols? But we don't see them. And so there's a spirit in our land, in our culture, the, the things we worship, individualism. All these things we worship here. And so they bothered the Apostle Paul. And, and they, they, they bothered him. And you know some of the other idols that people have is, how about people worship their kids? Yeah, that's why, we're, that's why we're gonna do what we call the Arrows Conference and we're gonna help parents because in our culture, in our community, it's difficult to raise kids right now. It's more difficult now than ever. And so we wanna help you do that. We wanna help you. And so parents out there, get signed up. Get, get connected to this. Get, get, get into that. You gotta, you, you gotta to get registered today. We want to help you deal with the spirit of this age and the spirit of culture in these things here. And so Paul, in verse 22, he was standing before the council. And men of Athens, I noticed that you are very religious in every way. For as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines and one to an unknown God. Verse 24, he is the God who made the world. He's talking about God in heaven. He's the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples with human hands. He doesn't serve your needs here. And what he saying here is this, is that God is a God that created everything. He's trying to put the world right side up because the world is upside down. And this is what God has called you and he's called me to do as well. That's why we continue to, to give money to missions. And Tyler, in just a few minutes, is going to come up here and he's going to share with you what's happening with missions. Because we believe that we're supposed to help our neighbors and the nation's. We believe in neighbors and we believe in nations. We believe we're going to do both. Not one, oh, it's not an or, it's an and. Why? Because that's the, that's the pattern that we saw in the book of Acts. 
See, we, we, we got to grab a hold that this is not just another program. The book of Acts is not a program to help us live better lives. It, 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 it's a life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ that changes lives from the inside out. And it's so much fun. It's an adventure. Even when people resist us, it's an adventure. And here we find... In Athens, they didn't just resist, but they began to ridicule. They began to make fun of. In verse 30, God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times, but now he commands everyone, everywhere, to repent of their sins and turn to him, for he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed, and he proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. Now, many people don't like us Christians talking about repentance. And I have people tell me all the time, Pastor, I don't want to hear about the Bible. I just want to follow Jesus. Well, one of Jesus' first messages recorded in Mark chapter 1 was repent and believe in the Lord Jesus and God. So if we're going to follow Jesus... In his words, repentance should be a part of it. The problem is, is many people are trying to believe their way into a walk with God rather than repent their way into a walk with God. Jesus' words, repent and believe. Turn and believe. Believing in faith, you cannot be saved without faith. Come on. It can't happen. But what Jesus is saying is repent and believe and watch what I can do with you and through you and for you and with you. Are you, are you. are you there? And I believe personally that one of the reasons why we're not seeing true revival, true things happen, true adventure, even in our lives, in our city, communities, culture, our country, is because I, this is just a belief system I have is that we're trying to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ without repentance. Because all through the book of Acts, you've been seeing that. If, and if you haven't listened to these, you've got to go back and listen to the messages. Repentance is a common theme. We have to come to a realization that something's wrong, broken, I'm in the wrong direction, or we can never get what the, what the book of Acts uses, the word saved. And when I use the word save. And it's not just being rescued, it's being redeemed. It's being justified. It's being, it's being a walk with God. Are, are, you, are you there now? This is what we do here. So the key points that Paul is addressing are here. Let me give you four that he addresses to the, to the, to the Athens, to, to them. God is creator. God is provider. God is forgiver. God is savior. Now, Many of us, we've been in church. This is no big deal. Let's, let, let me j just humor me for a second as we look at this. If you take out the word God and put in self, you find the spirit of our age. Man is the creator. I am provider. I am the forgiver. 
let me just try to help you. Many people are, are, have bought into the humanistic thought process that you have to forgive yourself. God forgiveness trumps self-forgiveness. I am the savior. If you want to go a step farther, you could even put in here, the government is creator. The government is provider. The apostle Paul is going to great lengths to say God's the creator. He created man and woman in his image. That's not up for me to decide. God has decided. That's not a political statement. That's a biblical doctrine, theological statement. We're getting involved in arguments over political things that aren't. They're biblical. They're doctrinal. That's why we believe in marriage, man and woman. That's why we believe in pro-life, that, 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 that babies were, are created by God. That's why we believe in family. We want to help families. See, God is the one who provided Jesus as a way. Not, not a way of many. He's the way. God is the forgiver. God is the Savior. Not me. Not myself. Not I. His name is Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is the one who's going to help us do this. All through that excerpt in, in Athens, this is what Paul's communicating. And they, they, they're, 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 they're laughing at him. But see, the problem is we're guilty of making God into our image rather than us being made into his image. We all do it. And God wants to change that. Why do I say ridicule? Verse 32, when they heard Paul speak about the resurrection of the dead, some laughed in contempt, but others said, we want to hear more. There's two responses. Laughing in contempt, or I want to know more. That's the two. I want to be a part of a people that want to know more. But there will be people to laugh at us. There will be people that will continue to laugh at us. There will be people that will continue to resist and ridicule and make fun. Let me help you. We were not called to fit in. One of the things I watch parents do all the time, they're trying to teach their children how special they are. But the failure is, is not to also teach them you aren't called to fit in. We don't fit into our culture. We don't fit into the system because our message must continue to be clear. In Pittsburgh, there's a principality. It's called heaviness. It's called oppression. It's called pushes down on us. But what I'm trying to tell you today, that we can win this war with the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're in a spiritual battle. And we can't win the battle being clever. We can't win the battle. You know, we, we gotta win the battle with 
being charismatic, which in the purest sense is with the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't win the battle with more adrenaline. We need more anointing. We can't win the battle with more hype. We need the Holy Spirit. That is what we need in desperate measures here. Because I don't want to get involved with a self-help into a better life. I'm not going to manage my problems. I want to get free. And as we looked at the book of Acts today, there's all these things that, are, that, 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 that we see, the resistance and the ridicule. Because we sang a song about it earlier today that, that God doesn't, Jesus doesn't, doesn't just want to be a part of our life. He wants to be our whole life. That's where the joy comes in. That's where the adventure comes in. That's where the fun starts. When he becomes everything about us. That's what I signed up for. How about you? And so in some way today, I hope that you're stirred. I hope that you're stirred to the adventure of God and taking a, a step of faith and saying, you know what? I want, it's okay to take some risk. I'm still taking risks. I'm going to go on a missions trip in, a, in, in, in a, uh, first of April. I want to say a couple weeks. It feels like a couple weeks. I don't want that to grow old. Pastor John, the campus pastor here, he signed up to go to Pakistan in July on a missions trip. Oh, we're not asking you to do something we're not doing. We're not doing. And maybe you won't go to one of these places, but how about go to downtown Pittsburgh or go to downtown wherever it is you live? And I'm not saying that you have to stand on a street corner, but just care about our neighbors and care about our friends and care enough that we just care about them. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. Later, Paul writes a whole two books to the Thessalonians. Notice he never writes again to those in Athens. Berea stood on its own. In 1 Thessalonians here, verse 2, Therefore we never stop thanking God that when you received this message from us, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which of course it is. And the word continues to work in those who believe. Did you, did you track that? The word, remember, study completes the process. The word of God will complete in you what, he, what, the, what the spirit of God started. God began a good work in you. And he's going to complete it through his spirit. But we need one another. I'm just so thankful that I'm in a room full of people. And so what I'm asking you today is, is this Pastor Rick's words? Is this what the church believes? Or is it the words from God for you today? That's the million dollar question. Can you stand to your feet with me for just a minute? How many of y'all believe God spoke to you today in some way? God just, did God challenge your faith today? Amen, anybody else? Yeah, yeah. So this is the million dollar question. I brought you, I said all that to say this. This is it. This is it. You ready? Are we more American or more Christian? That's the question. 
We're spending so much of our lives trying to fit in when we have a different message. The relationship I have with my wife is different. The relationship we have one to another, it's covenant. It's different. We're covenant. We don't use that term a lot, but we're covenant. I do what I'm going to do. You do what you do, and God going to bless it. It's the simplest definition I can give. So that's your challenge. But right now in this moment, maybe you're challenged, and maybe you heard something today that you say, wow, I really need to think about that, and I really need challenged in that. If God spoke to you and you can feel the God nudging on your heart, just slip up your hand. I'm going to pray for you real quick. Anybody at all here that just God's speaking to you, God's nudging you, God's probing you in some way about that American Christian thing. Anybody here, just raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Anybody at all here today? Very good, very good. Thank you, Father. I see see there's a few people here. Thank you, God, for these people that are responding to your word today, God. Thank you, Jesus. I pray, God, for every hand that's up right now, Lord, you're going to do a work in their, their lives. Holy Spirit, work. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, do a work in Jesus' name. God, you can put your hands down. Now I'm going to ask you another question. Have you ever repented of your sin and believed in God? Have you ever repented? That means changed directions, turned around, going in a different direction. Said, God, I am sorry of my, for my sin. Please forgive me. And I want you now, Jesus, to be the leader of my life. If you've never prayed that prayer, you've never made that your prayer, you personally not your mama, not your grandma, not your dad, not your uncle who's a pastor. No, you personally. I want to offer you a relationship with a living God today. And so if that's you here today, and you'd like to say, I want that to be my life, just slip up your hand right now. You say, you know, I, want, I never repented and believed in God. Just slip up your hand. You came to a great place. I'm going to pray for you right where you are. Anybody here today, anybody at all here today, I just, I can't close without offering you that in Jesus' name. Anybody at all, anybody at all. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this great, great group of people here, Lord. I just pray, Father, in Jesus' name that you're going to do a work in our church, Lord God. Let the book of Acts continue to evolve with our lives, God. Through our lives, God. So that Bridge City Church is a church that you are so happy to put your name on. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for being so great. Could you give God a great big hand? And then be seated. Tyler's going to close you up in Jesus' name.